Here's a message from Ken Lavica. After the week in football, I think it's really time that we search our collective souls. Stone the Banowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. I promise, I swear, we're not playing moral police today. I'm not doing it. I refuse to do it. But playing moral police or lack thereof doesn't mean... That you don't do a little soul searching every once in a while. And I'm kind of there with the game of football. Monday, Ken Levick alive. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sunshiny Intracoastal. Monday means Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He arrived to play pickleball on Friday. Where was his partner? We'll find out later. Good story here. But Theo, one of the faces of the best damn local sports TV you're going to find in America. And Stone the Bandwitz Friday Night Lights, he runs this crap fest until 2 o'clock. Uh, Theo, you were on the air as this happened Friday from Delray Beach Market. And by the way, I want to thank everybody for coming, hanging with us Friday, Delray Beach Market, our yeah. March Madness. Great to see a lot of you who come through and who listen an awful lot. Great to meet you. And it made me, it made me realize Friday that uh, people that listen to this show, listen to this station, there's just some good people mm. that are involved in this entire thing. So we appreciate you coming on, especially those who came and, uh, and said hi. Um, but Deshaun Watson... Going to the Browns. We knew this was going to happen. We knew Deshaun Watson was going somewhere. He was going to be a starting quarterback. 22 accusations of sexual assault in tow. So none of that was surprising. What was a little bit surprising, Theo, is that we thought the Browns were were done. Yeah. And it was going to come down to the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints. Then we found out the Panthers were done. Like, oh, New Orleans or Atlanta. And then all of a sudden it was the Browns again. So none of that was surprising, right? Like we knew that that the the most emo quarterback in the history of football was on the move, Baker Mayfield. He wasn't he wasn't going to be in Cleveland anymore. He was going to pout his way and say, oh, "You were mean to me." Mm. So then Deshaun Watson ends up going to Cleveland. That wasn't surprising, right? That didn't shock at all. That well, that Baker. But he's going to have another job. Yeah, yeah. That Baker was going to be leaving the Cleveland, but also yeah, that Deshaun Watson that was going to play in 2022. We yeah. knew that was coming. That was um, down the pipe. This is what I didn't see coming. Two hundred and thirty million dollars, G word guaranteed. Ridiculous. Let me repeat that. Two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed. $80 million more than any other guaranteed money in any contract that's ever been signed in the NFL. One more time, just for posterity's sake, okay? $230 million guaranteed. That's mind-blowing, eyes-bleeding type of money. Yeah, it, it almost, it's, it's funny because, not even funny, it's kind of sickening because it almost rewards how it rewards his his actions almost like it's the weirdest thing ever because I wonder too if all of the sexual accusations uh, you know all of that if that didn't come up does he get 230 million guaranteed my friend we are on the same wavelength so here's my theory yeah on the contract okay because Deshaun Watson good he ain't the best quarterback in the NFL <laughs> he's not he's not he ain't 230 million dollars guaranteed he sure is, Blake, ain't $230 million guaranteed after 22, 23 sexual assault allegations, mm. okay? That still all, every single one of them, have civil suits pending, yep. okay? So here's what happened in, in, in this situation in the world of Ken Levick. And my world is twisted. Sometimes it's uninformed. Sometimes it's a little wordy. It's a little odd. It's bizarre. But I feel like if you connect the dots... A lot of, of what I'm about to say 
and Theo is about to back me up on makes an awful lot of sense. Oh, I'm already in on this. First of all, (laughs) the first year of the $230 million contract, guess what the base salary is? It is right around $1.3 million. Guess what that would end up covering? Likely the money that would be lost if the NFL were to suspend Deshaun Watson. Almost to the exact dollar amount if he were to face a year-long suspension. Mm, Okay. Huh. Coincidence? I don't know. And then there's the 22 sexual assault civil suits that are out there. Don't you think that $230 million and maybe the difference between the most guaranteed money ever given to a player and the guaranteed money that the Deshaun Watson is getting the $80 million, don't you think that more than covers the money that he'd have to pay out in 22, 23 civil suits to different women? I think it will cover it. I think that should do it. And probably then some, right? He'll have a little bit left over to play with. So what the Cleveland Browns did is, yes, they made a business decision. They went and got the best quarterback on the market. They went and got a top-five quarterback. They made themselves contenders, but in the process, what did they do? They washed away the alleged sins of Deshaun Watson as well. I mean, fine. He'll have to live with it, and there's going to be some PR work to do, but he financially... He doesn't have a damn thing to worry about. Will will he actually have to live with it? Because that's another you know thing about this whole situation that makes me a little disgruntled is that he's he's he continues to bask and celebrate in these victories he's having over what allegedly happened. So like, will he live with it? Is it sitting on his mind, or is he thinking about the fact that he got two hundred thirty yeah. million guaranteed and he'll be able to play ball for a better team now? It's sitting on his mind to an extent that he's probably going to have to make some appearances and do some charity work and put himself out there to at least make people feel as if he is sorry for his actions. Uh, I just don't know because also that would show uh, like a bit of guilt, you know, like a bit of contrition, and I, I think him and his camp have showed zero bit of that so far. So well, it would be a weird – it would be not a weird turn, but it would be a turn – them to do that, right? I think what they're doing, what his people are doing, it's a little bit of PR. It's, hey, this guy, he was an upstanding citizen, got into some trouble with some women that didn't quite, they're, they're still towing the Deshaun Watson line. They, they are saying, hey, these women got involved in something that they actually weren't quite informed on or had misinterpreted from our boy's end. Yeah. And so they're still in the wrong. And what they're trying to tell you is because that no charges were filed in Houston from any of these 22, 23 women, then uh, our boy did nothing wrong. Yeah, it ain't criminal. So yeah. we'll figure it out, but it ain't criminal, so it ain't wrong. And that is the, the line they're trying yeah. to tell, okay? But for me, and this is just me, and who am I? I'm just a guy who talks on the radio, okay? Uh, 22, 23 different accusers, that's... um. Something has happened that denotes serial behavior. And you said the right? 23rd, you're counting the, the woman who talked to uh, the press but didn't file a suit? Sure. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, There's 22 the civil suits. Yeah. 23, quote-unquote, accusations. Just to clarify, yes. just for anybody listening yes. in on the numbers. Yeah, yes. because there was the one woman who didn't file any criminal or civil suits but did uh, show and had her evidence kind of corroborated by journalists. I forgot what publication that was. Was it... SI or, Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I think it was the SI report. But, I mean, and honestly, too, there it is important we we make that abundantly clear because yeah. the difference between twenty two yeah. sexual assault accusers and twenty three sexual assault accusers yeah. it makes a whole world of difference. That That's changes big. everything. It changes everything. I the mean, entire scope of this. If there was twenty three civil suits, maybe the Browns yeah. don't go after Watson, maybe. right? Maybe. I, I think maybe he's just he he, he can't touch it after <laughs> that. So this is Andrew Barry. This is the GM. Of the Cleveland Browns, okay? And by the way, the Browns, could they have put out more statements on social media about Deshaun Watson? Can we stop already with the 500-word soliloquies every time that we make a move about anything or have something to say? We're in 2022. Get out your damn phone and make a video. Yeah. Okay? Make a video like every TikTok star in this country has done. All right? (laughs) Do as the kids do and make a video. I would love I'm, to see TikTok like a, like uh, statements from owners. Jimmy was, Haslam TikTok. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, enough of the the eight font, or the 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 eight size 
uh, fought all of these different uh, graphics. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm sick of reading them. Yeah. I'm sick of reading them. If I wanted to read, I'd take out a book, and I don't do that either. Yeah, this okay? is radio. Give us right. some audio. Right. <laughs> this is Andrew Barry. I'm training for Deshaun Watson. We look forward to having Deshaun as our starting quarterback. We have done extensive investigative, legal, and reference work over the past several months to provide us with the appropriate information needed to make an informed decision about pursuing him and moving forward with him as our quarterback. Deshaun's been among the very best at the position, and he understands the work needed to reestablish himself on and off the field in Cleveland. We're confident that he'll make positive contributions to our team and community as we support his return to football. You know who apparently the Browns didn't reach out to? The lawyer of the accusers. Right. right. you think that would be the extensive part of the research. Yikes. But not quite. Yeah. Not quite. But therein lies the quandary. Because if I was a Browns fan, would I be conflicted? Hell yeah. But would I be cheering his ass in week 10 when he's throwing for 350 and three touchdowns and the Browns are on the precipice of winning the AFC North? Hell yeah. Yeah. And so this is where I'm conflicted. And this is where, deep down, I need to figure out what that makes me. Because I am living in two different worlds, and I'm not quite sure it's sustainable to be towing that line consistently and constantly blurring that line. Deshaun Watson, 22, 23 accusers, whatever. That's serial behavior. 23 separate women who appears if they didn't know each other's stories, have similar stories, though, of inappropriate behavior from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, That's enough to put people in prison for decades upon decades upon decades. Yeah. All right? This is a guy who's not going to have a single criminal charge filed against him. This is a guy who just basically got into a situation where the Cleveland Browns are going to pay away all of his worries. Okay? And that's sick. That's really, really gross. Yeah. And anybody who has any sort of moral base should feel uncomfortable about that. But I know if I was a Browns fan and in week 10, he's got me on the doorstep of the AFC North championship. You know who I'm standing hard? Deshaun Watson. And I do not know what that makes me. And I kind of feel scummy about it. But this weekend, I legit had to at least do a little soul searching because I don't know. I, I feel dirty about the fact that I put myself in a Browns fan's shoes, and I know how it ends for me yeah. with me cheering for the guy. Right? And, and there are plenty of Browns fans that have – I wouldn't say plenty, but I've seen on Twitter and like I've Browns heard, fans don't fight it because you're not boycotting anything. There's a few of them that have said, okay, I am now renouncing my Browns bull, fandom. Bull bleep. Right? And, and I, I haven't seen any of those yet. I feel, I feel the They're same way. They're very minimal. They're, it's not a lot. I saw a couple. I saw a tweet, and then I was listening to this one show, and a guy on the show was was like a Browns fan yeah. growing up, and he was like, I'm out on it. I believe it when I see it. Yeah, and the thing is, if you've been a Browns fan through what they've gone through, I mean, through the 18 <laughs> different quarterbacks they've had in the past so, five years. Arguably the best player you've ever had, period. <laughs> like, you struggled. Well, Jim you, Brown, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, Jim He was Brown. pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah. But, like, you went through the depths of it. Like, you struggled through the ugly phase. You struggled through, uh, like, the, the awkward teenager phase. And, and that now, awkward teenager phase has lasted 35 years. Exactly. So, like, the fact that they put themselves through that much as a Browns fan, as a Browns fan, and now they're out on it, I, I, I appreciate their moral compass stepping in and doing God's work and getting them out of Browns fandom. But, like, dude. Like, you should have did this decades ago, right? I mean, Stone, here's the thing. It's easy right now to say, I'm out on the Browns. They got Deshaun Watson. The guy's disgusting. I can't stand this. I'm out. But it's another thing to say that when it's October and all of a sudden your team's in first place and the dude is a full-fledged all-pro. That is when your moral fiber really shows. And I assure you, the moral fiber in Cleveland and in Browns Nation is going to be minimal. I mean, the type of fiber that exists when you wash your clothes too much and it starts to lose its color and it starts to lose its volume. That type of fiber, that's all that's going to exist morally in in the fall. Of course it'll be super tough if they become winners, but talking about a moral compass, what did these fans who are now out on Deshaun Watson, what did they do with Johnny Manziel when they brought him in? I mean, it, it was kind of the, the same thing. This guy, like, just bad, bad news surrounding this guy constantly. And where did they go when they were winning a few games with him? I don't know. I think it's similar. I think that these fans who are saying, we're done with the Browns because of Deshaun Watson, you realize 
you have to turn your back on the game of football forever. <laughs> because another thing happened this weekend that drove me to a point where I'm like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? It was at Michigan, and it was David Ajabo, the top 10 pass rusher, top 10 in the draft projected. He tore his Achilles at the Michigan Pro Day on Friday, okay? The video of it that was shown on SportsCenter is horrific. It is disturbing, yeah. So I will, as a a semi-respected Division I play-by-play broadcaster, try and paint the picture as best I can, okay? They're at their indoor practice facility at Michigan. Ajabo's doing a drill, an agility drill. He goes down. You immediately know that there's a major problem. He just goes down in a heap, non-contact. He starts clutching at his foot, starts clutching to the back of his ankle. You know what that means, right? So then he just lays there. And the Sports Center video, okay, the clip that was put out there by Bookie Brooks of the NFL Network, mm. at seven seconds of the 21-second clip, down goes Ajabo. Eight seconds, nine seconds, ten seconds. Nobody walks up to him. Nobody says anything to him. A guy who is there, <laughs> who is tasked, I'm assuming I've been to plenty of pro days, but he is tasked by the school or the NFL scouts in attendance with moving the drills along. He walks by Ajabo within a foot as Ajabo is writhing and screaming on the artificial turf in pain. At the 11-second mark, the 12-second mark, this dude bends down, picks up the football, turns around, and walks out of the picture again. Yeah. 13 seconds, 14 seconds, 16 seconds, 17 seconds. Clip ends at 21 seconds. That's 15 seconds that David Ajabo, top 10 prospect, outstanding talent, is laying there on the turf by himself with not a single person checking on him, looking at him, talking to him. Teammates included. Teammates yeah. included, coaches included, scouts included. That, that you know what that is? That's just putting an animal up for auction. Yeah. That's not human behavior. That's garbage. And that is disgusting. I don't care. Oh, well, they attended to him later. I saw photos. That's great. What about the 15 seconds I saw where nobody even looked at him? They didn't even move. Didn't even move. The one guy that moved, moved to move the drills along. He went to get the football. And not the player. I mean, that is as gross as it gets. And you know what? That's the norm. That is the norm. Most definitely. What do you think the the combine is? It's a show. It's a show. Let the animals put on a show. Let us evaluate you. It's like a dog show. Let me check your hindquarters. Think about some of the scouts. It's disgusting. Think about some of the scouts who had him on the list and kind of just looked at his name and just like looked looked around and secretly threw an X on there. Sounds like that's a day two guy for me now. Man, look. And the thing is... It's it's telling because you get to watch the video of it there, but it's something that we've known has been the wavelength of the guys that are surrounding this business since the inception of football. Yep. Like, yep, that's what they're yep. on. Like, if you can't, we want to know. And it's the same. It's almost the same theory that works in Deshaun Watson's it favor is. right it now is. because it's if you can't help me win football games tomorrow, I, I don't give a damn about you. That's exactly. what that's what matters to me. But you know what? That feeds into this football passion that the meatballs have. No holds barred. You can either cut it or you can't. Yeah. Only the toughest survive. You know what? You want to know why we try to compare football to war all the time? Because we want to think that it's machismo only. It's battle only. And we don't give a damn about the individuals. And that really hit home this weekend. Watching what Cleveland did with Deshaun Watson... Legally, he won't have a single financial problem, period. Because the Browns put it on the tab. Put it on the tab. The Browns got it. The Browns are going to pay off all of Deshaun Watson's worries. An alleged serial sexual offender. Put it on our tab, guys. After, by the way, he ruled them out. After he said, yep. I don't want to come to Cleveland. Then they said, oh, you know, no, no, you know what? We got the Amex card. Yeah. We'll just put it on the, on the black card, right? That we'll, is we'll, just sickening. They got on their knees to, to go get Deshaun Watson, and that's kind of sickening. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. After he turned him down. Well, yeah, and, and they got on their knees for him, and he didn't even have to force him to do it this right. time. They, they vol- Oh, Lord. <laughs> and they volunteered. They volunteered. And then you've got a Jabo. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely sickening. But guess what? At the end of, of September, guess yeah. where my ass is going to be? Watching the Watching NFL. Watching football, man. Watching the NFL. And if I was a Browns fan, guess where my ass would be? 
in the stands cheering on Deshaun Watson. Well, first Jacoby Brissett and then Deshaun Watson. Like, yeah. Yeah. But what is that what does that make me? Like to me, I'm questioning myself, especially after this weekend, Friday, and then seeing the Ajampo video. Does being a football fan make you question yourself? Does being a football fan make you question yourself? Because, brother, I am questioning myself. I don't know what I believe in. And this is me, father of two. This is me, who likes to think I try and set uh, a, a good path forward, trying to live my life at least by semi-respectable measures. I'd say so. And I see this, and it makes me feel it makes me feel gross. <laughs> but I'm also, I'm going to watch this stuff, yeah. and I'm going to continue to support it because it's part of my sports being. But how do I justify it? How can I wrap my head around this and continue to move forward like nothing's wrong? Or is it okay because at least I'm, I'm acknowledging it? Does that make it okay? Does being a football fan make you question yourself? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. Does being a football fan make you question yourself? And I'm telling you, Theo, it absolutely does. More than ever before. And this weekend really drove it home for me. Yeah, and it's to be honest with you, it's something that is... You know, and many football fans might not admit to it, but at the end of the day, it's something that everybody's had to kind of settle out in their minds because this isn't the first incident of a superstar or even big-time NFL player being oh no in under in the raps. Deshaun like Watson. This. Deshaun Watson is just one in a group of hundreds, and that's just the ones that we know of, right? Like. We know that there's been some epic cover-ups, likely throughout NFL, not just with players but with owners and coaches. And I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it's it's fair what you're doing right now, right? Like, this is the adult, mature, grown-up thing to do, I mean, right? It's like, just gross. It, it's I feel it, dirty. It's introspective. You're trying to figure out why, but like at the end of the day, man, it, it's football. Like, it's America. Like, this is what's happening. Like, I, can I, you turn your back on it? Yeah, I I, I mean, listen. I am far from perfect, okay? And this is, this is the thing that I need to acknowledge as well, is that I am a firm believer in second chances. I mean, a dude gets rung up for a DUI. Who am I to sit there and start piling on that person? Because you know what? Unfortunately, I'm not perfect. And in a bad moment, maybe that's me. And I would want people to think, you know what? God, God forbid... Uh, something terrible happens, but I'm, if I'm able to get out of that situation and and nobody got hurt and nothing was seriously wrong, I could get a second chance from people. So I am I am not an overly judgmental person in any way, shape, or form. Just like I'm not going to judge you. And, and again, we're asking the question, does being a football fan make you question yourself? If not, great. If not, great. I'm not judging you, but I also know that when I see 22 or 23 instances of something, that's not second chance stuff anymore. That's like giving third, fourth, fifth chances. That's someone who's a narcissist. That's someone who was imposing their will on someone who wasn't able to fight back, and that's where I start to have the problems. Or when you can't have the human decency to check on a kid, a kid, yeah. a young adult who may have had his career derailed, something he's worked for, something he could do for his family, and you don't have the decency to check on him, I don't care if it's only your job. The only reason you're at Michigan is to move the drills along. You talk to the kid. Right. You get down on a knee and check on the kid. It's heartless, inhumane stupidity. Yeah, you got to at least address the situation right there. And the fact that nobody ran up and the one guy that did run up tried to avoid it, like I mean, tried to look on. away, it was weird. Now, yeah. I'm trying to think as a teammate, like if I saw one of my boys go down like that, do, do I not feel like I'm allowed on the field or am I in shock? And do both of those things keep me off the Maybe, field? But, I don't think so. But doesn't someone have to be the adult in that situation? You as a teammate, it's one thing if you've been told you're only allowed in this certain area. Right. But there are adults there, people in a Authority that just looked at the kid and didn't do anything. Oh, they eventually traded him. What about the 15 seconds they didn't? It's not like he was by himself in a rural area and he just collapsed and nobody was there to help him. Yeah. He was in the middle of a, a major university's practice facility where he was working out for countless numbers of people and not one of them in 15 seconds could come over and check on him. 
put a hand on him. And for the people trying to cape for the, you know, Michigan staff or whatever, saying that, oh, those guys aren't medical professionals, so they just I want don't to give stay a out of the damn. way. Right. It's it's inexcusable, not just because of that, but listen to the actual athletes who give their takes on this. Like I saw Darius Slay, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, quote tweet uh, that video and say, I've seen it happen in practice where a guy goes down with a major injury, they move the ball 10 yards forward and keep going. Yeah. And then figure it, you know, like nobody addresses it. They wait, you know, the medical guys will get out there, but like the coaches, the players continue to move forward. And the, I've, I've the, been a part of that plenty of times. Yeah, and that's right. the thing. You, you, in high school and in college, like you've experienced this, you've seen this. There are elements of football. It's a great game. It's a great game, and it builds relationships, and it builds camaraderie, and it builds fortitude, and it builds toughness. But there are still too many that treat it like it's war, that treat it like you're in the military, and that ain't it. Because it's a game. It's a game with high stakes because of the money involved. And when someone goes down just because it's football and it's war doesn't mean that you don't check on that person. If Theo went down right now, had some sort of medical emergency, he hit the floor, you know how long it would take me to check on him? Split second. Not 15 seconds, 16 seconds. And damn it, there's certainly not the money circulating (laughs) around here. That there was there in Ann Arbor. And this is not a war on football. This is not me trying to fight some battle. Oh, Ken just hates football. Ken wishes football was dead. Oh, concussions. But no, no, no. This is not a war on football. This is me looking for some sort of human decency that football lacks. And this weekend really drove that home. And it has me questioning myself. I, I wanted to bring up, and, and I apologize for not bringing up kind of an experience I had earlier. And thank you for bringing up, you know, Darius Slay and what he had to say. Because if I had to speak about my most recent experience with that, it would be, and we talked about Ken thinking that it's almost war with some of these guys. And I've, it's not. For I, all of you meatball dopes, football is not war. This kind of makes it worse. So we were doing a red zone drill. So we were on the 25 going in, and a kid went down. And it was bad. It was a kid who had already had prior injuries. And when he went down, it was a nice little, you know, 10 seconds of quietness before all the trainers came on, and the coach yelled, Omaha, Omaha. And for that, it's just completely flip. At anything we're doing, it means flip. So Omaha, Omaha. So immediately hearing that, we know what that means. We jog to the other end of the field oh, on that 25-yard line, and we do red zone going that way while the trainers stay with the kid on that side. But it was good 10, 15 seconds before we heard our Omaha, Omaha that we jogged down to the other field. No questions asked, no hesitation. Just yeah. boom, get on the horse. Yeah. And that's uh, – and I – Sadly, it's like part of me is like uh, I get that the coach wants to move the practice along and keep going because you have to prepare for whatever game is coming up. Right. But the other part of me is like, dude, like if we're going to sit in this room as well, and I hate the whole coach speak, teammate speak. Like one of the, you know, I, I do all, you know, I work for TV, obviously, and I cover local teams all the time. One of the main points, every, especially new coaches, they love driving this home, but also players and everybody. Hey, man, you know, thing I like about this team, is we're not just teammates, we're family. We are family. You know, these I, are my brothers. Absolutely. That coach is like a dad to me. Yada yada yada. I get that all the damn time. Mm-hmm. And if y'all are really a family, and if that's really your brother, and if that guy's a dad to you, then why yep. does he treat you like your value is only worth to him when you're on the field? I mean, I would time. argue, I would argue that F word, you're right. Family, yeah. I hear it all the time. All day. And a lot of times it's crap. Bull. It's crap because coaches think that's what you need to say for the kids to buy in and feel like they belong. I hate to say it, but I've seen it plenty at the college level, seen it even at the high school level. Coach says, we're family. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to stand behind you. He wants wins. Yeah. He wants wins. And if you can't provide that to him, if you can't play through injuries, then you know what? You ain't family anymore. I would argue that the Browns saying, hey, Deshaun, we're going to pay off all your worries. It's gross, but that's more family behavior yeah. than what Michigan gave to David Ajabo on Friday at their pro day. Right. Because if you're family, you're not letting your uncle, your sister, your brother writhe on the floor having some sort of medical problem and for 15, 16, 17 seconds not do a damn thing. You jump to action. What happened in Michigan Friday was not family. Mm. What the Browns have done for Deshaun Watson is just inherently disgusting. Does being a football fan make you question yourself sometimes? 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive presented by 
The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Now is the time to get signed up for the fall semester. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 19th in the world. It is the 19th best postgraduate sport management degree in the world according to sport business. Pretty lofty stuff. To not just be Florida renowned, to not just be U.S. renowned, but to be internationally renowned. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA sport, FAU.edu slash MBA sport, the FAU MBA sport management program. Sign up for fall semester courses online or on campus in Boca Raton, FAU.edu slash MBA sport. When we return, we take your tweets on how football makes you feel right now. Do you question yourself being a football fan? Not a good weekend for the high and mighty aspect of the game of football. And, hey, want to drive it home a little bit more? Urban Meyer, Ooh. a major part of the problem. Ooh. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Hey, kiddos, we're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Maybe I'm just being whiny. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just being annoying, whiny Ken here. And I promise I'm not trying to talk myself up or make me seem like I'm better than anybody at all. Or bragging. But I think what bothers me most about especially what happened on Friday, is that I've been around football for a long, long time. Oh, Ken, you didn't play the game. That's fine. That's fine. But I've been around college football for a long time, 15 years. I covered high school football extensively. I covered this dope, Friday Night Lights, when he was in high school. Bing bong. Tearing it up at South Fork. I just, I know that coaches and authority figures love to play the family card. They love to play, I'm here for you. I'll go the extra mile. And plenty of coaches do it. Plenty of coaches do it. But some are complete phonies. And when I see David Ajabo, a guy who's got millions coming up, life-changing money, potential chance of generational wealth for his family, and he goes down with an Achilles tear like he did, and it takes God knows how long, 15, 17, 20, 25 seconds, a member of the family to get any sort of acknowledgement from uh, dozens of people standing around that he has suffered a major injury, that he is in massive distress. The whole we're family thing rings so immensely hollow. And this is not fake outrage because I've been around it and I've seen it and I've never seen anything like that. And then with Deshaun Watson, it's just clear what the Browns did. We'll pay off your worries, brother. Come play for us. It's so clear. And if, and if Deshaun Watson isn't good, if Deshaun Watson is Baker Mayfield level, then he had he, he would have played his last down in the NFL. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you reverse, yeah, Baker yeah. Mayfield's done, done. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying I mean, also, like, if Deshaun Watson wasn't the talent level of Deshaun Watson, then, yeah, the Browns are not the Browns are not good Samaritans looking to give Deshaun Watson a second chance because they believe in second chances mm-hmm. in America. Like, mm-hmm. they believe in winning more football games than they did last year. Yeah, and, and, and again – Here's the, the, the dichotomy of all of this. I, I'm not turning my back on the NFL. I'm not turning my back on football. Because, again, what I like to do is when someone gets in trouble, I try to. I try, try, try. And it doesn't always work. But I try to put myself in their shoes. That's why if someone screws up, does something bad, what if I were in that person's shoes? Say I had a bad moment. Everybody has a bad moment. Some are worse than others. How do you want to be treated by people on the outside? Would you like to be afforded a second chance? I know I would. And so I try to do that. But I also put myself in Browns fans' shoes after the Deshaun Watson trade. And I kept seeing a lot of, I'm done with this franchise. I I can't do it with this franchise. This is disgusting. But it's easy to say that now. Don't be phony. Own it. Not judging you. Don't be phony. You're going to be cheering for the guy. And cheering for the Browns in October. And you know what? That's okay. It doesn't make you a miserable person. But the fact it made you feel something dirty, that's the first step. That's how you know you at least 
have something worthwhile inside, right? Yeah, yeah. And to those people who don't feel that at all, like I mean, maybe take a gaze in the mirror, like you well, know. Just I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. Those for it, people but just, are the desensitized football is war people. <laughs> yeah, you know. Win at all costs, right? But that like, guy. also anybody that has read or watched or saw or however you consume your your news, any of the details of this Deshaun Watson stuff, there should not be a modicum of doubt that at least some of these twenty two are real. I mean, he was looking for masseuses on Instagram, and he's a professional athlete who has professional yeah. masseuses in his well, in his in his uh, facilities. Yeah. Like so. There's no, you know, there's some people out there that want to kind of put up the whole shield of, oh, no criminal stuff. All, but, like, anybody that looks at this with any kind of objectivity is like, dude. Listen, and there are some that are trying to paint Deshaun Watson as the victim in all of this. Like, this oh, is some no. elaborate scheme no. uh, against him. And, uh, again, fine, fine, however you want to look at it. But a rational person sees 23, they say there might be a problem there. Yeah. There might be an issue there. And even if there's not criminal charges doesn't mean anything doesn't mean that it didn't happen but again as a Browns fan I would be kind of right now but I'm cheering for him in the fall I'm not leaving football even if this has been a real bad weekend where the definition of family what Jim Harbaugh I'm sure is preached that that's a major crack that's something that needs to be discussed and addressed by Jim Harbaugh if I was a player in the Michigan program I'd see that and say uh coach uh you had one foot out the door a couple of months ago and now you say you're dedicated to us? Just how dedicated are you? Because that didn't look good. Yeah. The optics of that are pretty poor. Does being a football fan make you question yourself sometimes? Because I know it does me, and this weekend really drove that home. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. Theo Dorsey, Monday. WPTV News Channel 5. WFLX, Fox 29. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights, running this ship. Uh, let's go to Boynton and kick things off on the phones with Ernesto. Hey, Ernesto. Good afternoon, Ken. Thank you for taking my call. Of course, and buddy. yes, I I am disgusted with football to the point that I have to explain to my 19 year old daughter that what's going on. Yeah. And yes, it's how hard it go, to. By the way, let me hard, let me let me ask you. I'll how, be honest. Yeah. How did it go? Okay. Yeah, two, it go? It, it's two fronts because now I'm gonna have to involve her in a way without saying her name. She's a swimmer, okay. so there's a lot in the past couple of weeks in oh, the sports sure. world that I had to explain. Oh, for sure. Okay, so you know where I'm going at. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. you know where I'm going at. Yeah. And I don't want to go there because that was a tight situation and a tight, uh, tight, uh, how can I say, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the tight story for her to explain to me how she was feeling about that situation. Sure. But let's go back to this. Okay. To Deshaun's, to Deshaun's excuse that I gave to my daughter was, in this world, if you can do something for someone, they will excuse anything for it. Now, yeah. in the football aspect of it, if you're great at something, they will actually turn the other eye. And this is a good example of what I was telling her. And she couldn't, she couldn't believe that this is happening. And I was like, well, in this world, if you're valuable, anything can happen. Now, I think Deshaun's 22 mistakes are not being looked at. I mean, you got to be kidding me that 22 times this guy said, oh, this is a mistake. Honestly, common sense and rationality is gone out the window. And it's hard for me to explain this to, you know, to a 19-year-old. And then to a 9-year-old boy, to explain to what happened to him in, in, in Michigan this weekend, to a team, again, you probably know me from before, I am a Michigan fan, yeah. to, to explain to my son what they did and how long it took them to take care of a of a of a uh, of their of a student and to explain to my kid that yeah they do take care of him because that's another thing you said it before they're just a piece of me it's what they can do on the field the minute that kid got hurt i'm sorry i'm a drew i'm a true blue fan but what they did, nine, they said 15, I'd say 19 seconds. It was, it was too long. It was way too long. Way too long for them to react. Ernesto, that man walked by to pick up a football and didn't even as much as look at the dude. I mean, it is. It was more, impo- it was it was more important to the guy riding and paying next to him to grab the football. Yep. Whoa, dude. Come on. What was more important? It's the flow of the practice? 
Yeah, it's called uh, being a human. And Ernesto, appreciate the it's, call as always, brother. It, it's it's literally just called being a human. It is. It is auction. That's what it is. Yeah. It is. It is livestock at auction. That's what pro days are. That's what the combine is. And you know what? We eat it up because we like to run forties. Yeah, yeah, and we like to see who who might be next up for our squads or who what's the next. But but at the end of the day, that is kind of sickening. And Ernesto was very passionate about that, uh, especially the Michigan part, man. I, he's right. Yeah. I mean, he's right. And it's like we've been saying: you're going to sit here and preach family, and you're going to let a kid. I mean, him by himself for five seconds was too much. Yeah. And then for however long it eventually took them, oh, they'll and he'll get taken care of. I'm sure he's insured. I'm sure he's got insurance on himself, especially if he had the right people in his corner, which I'm sure Michigan doesn't mess around with that. But again, there's a human aspect to this entire thing. But it's just, it's gross. But it's football. You mentioned there's like a crack in the system. Seriously, this just put a magnifying glass on it, but it's there now. But it's not going to lead any change. Well, so it it may not lead to real change in the, um, let's just say like, the mindset's not going to change. These coaches aren't going to change. I mean, we saw what's coming out out of Urban Meyer uh, now that his tell-alls are starting to get even more. <laughs> the further he gets away from the game, the more stories we get about him. And I want to be abundantly clear, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to get to this athletic story, but there's no such thing as too much piling on Urban yeah. Meyer. <laughs> it's okay? fun. It's fun. Uh, but So the mindsets won't change, but because of the optics of that, I do believe going forward there's going to be that almost the security – uh, theater, almost just like how when you go to a concert today, they do the fake COVID test before you go in, and uh, everybody passes or, somehow. Or they're still taking your temperature, even yeah. though that me- doesn't mean a damn thing yeah, yeah, about like, COVID. Right. Like so, yeah, I think in a similar fashion, now they're going to try and and it, also like remember like what happened with the Travis Scott thing. After that, all of the concert, all of the performers started. You know, stopping their concerts, uh-huh. checking on the crowds. I think there's going to be a lot more of that now, maybe in football going forward, where they have guys who give attention more directly especially if the cameras are on, to make it look good, yeah. but then keep moving forward. But the mindset of football guys, not changing. I hear and, that. And to Ernesto's point, like, again, it's what we discussed earlier. We, we knew Deshaun Watson was going to be a starting quarterback next year because we've just been desensitized to how the game works and how sports work as a whole. If you're able to do, and I think Ernesto put it really well, if you're great at something, especially sports, you're going to get excused yeah. a lot. A lot of your misgivings are going to be forgiven because you are excellent at what you do, and you mean a lot of money, and you mean potential lucrative championship-level play. What was the massive turnoff for me with the Browns is that they decided that they were going to try and trick us by giving him $230 million guaranteed and tell us, oh, it's because that's what he's worth. Uh-uh. No chance. You're paying off his legal problems. Mm. That's what you're doing. Browns, we're not dumb. And we see right through it. That is what pisses me off most about the Browns to Sean Watson situation. Yeah, and I wonder, too, I know years from now or maybe even months from now, depending on how good the reporting is around it, if we can find out what it was that the Falcons and Saints were offering. Because I know the reason why the Panthers got pulled out was it was reported they wouldn't guarantee his last two years on his deal. So, what was the line? Because obviously for Deshaun Watson, this was a money play and a power play, and he wanted to go to the place that was going to give him the best situation financially because obviously he's about to lose a lot of money. Here. Yeah, yeah. So. They, they paid, they're paying him not only for football, but paying off his accusers. Yeah, that's insane. That's exactly what the Browns are doing. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain and need to see an expert in the field? Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. They're taking care of you. They're fixing you up. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians and leading-edge treatments and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Does being a football fan... Make you explore a little bit the deep, dark recesses of your soul. Does it make you question yourself? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us, social media, at KLV1063. When we return, we're going to dig in to Urban Meyer. Just how bad a coach was he? Well, 
probably exceeded what we initially <laughs> thought, and we all thought he was really, really bad to start with. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Theo, you want some story time? I love story time, man. Awesome, let's do it. All right, so here we go. Urban... Let's let's just reflect real quick on how bad a coach he was. Whew. Mm. I mean, and then what we're about to read from the Athletic today, I think you can make an argument he might be the worst NFL coach of all time. <laughs> <laughs> He's that, up there. That list, Kotite, that list is crazy. Like, He's up there. I mean, there's Rich Kotite. There's fail forward fast. There's Cam Cameron. Can Adam Gase make that list? No. Yeah, I don't think you can make that list with two jobs. And he went to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you're right. I mean, I see where you're coming from because he ended up being an abject disaster. Well, because at the end of the day for Adam Gase, it's like there's when you look at the context all the way around it as well, I feel like he can at least he, – he could fight for like if we were doing like seeding in the NCAA tournament, he'd be like a four seat, like a oh, three yeah. seat. Yeah, 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 He'd be in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's getting a, probably a good home regional crowd yeah. based on the seeding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so the title. Uh, this story from Jason Jenks and Mike Sando in The Athletic this morning. Quote, the most toxic environment I've ever been a part of. End quote. Inside Urban Meyer's disastrous year with the Jaguars. Now keep in mind, it didn't even last a full year. Yeah. Here we go. This will be. These are excerpts. Select excerpts here in what is a pretty extensive account of Urban Meyer's coaching stint. It starts, Urban Meyer burst into a room full of players at the Jaguars facility. He was furious. One of his players had missed an assignment during a preseason game leading to a busted play. Meyer was enraged when it happened. A day later, he was still fuming. If the mistake ever happened again, Meyer warned, he would cut every single one of them. Quote, and do you know what would happen if I cut you guys, Meyer said, according to four people in the room. Quote, you couldn't get a job paying more than $15 an hour. Mm. End quote. Now, there's one word that comes to mind off of that, just based on probably the um, the racial makeup of the Jaguars locker room. Yeah. Racist. Very very much so. Yeah. Very much so. A little bit. You black guys are good for nothing but football. Yeah. If I cut you from this football team, you couldn't, you know, what, what else are you going to do? Yeah. That's a good white guy voice, Theo. Yeah. yeah. Was that, good, that, work, I've never heard you it. give that a shot before. <laughs> I was, was workshopping that in the morning right after I brushed my teeth in the mirror. and I, you know, That I, was I a I it. really Killed it. good, <laughs> strong effort. Yeah. Um, another excerpt. Myers said he conducted a six-month deep dive on the NFL that included interviews with his former Florida and Ohio State players as well as a study of the salary cap. But multiple sources said Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the league, including 49ers receiver Debo Samuel, Seahawks safety Jamal Adams, and Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald, a three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Quote, who's this 99 guy on the Rams? Meyer asked one staffer during the season, according to a source. Quote, I'm hearing he might be a problem for us, end quote. I, Irving, come on, dude. Come on, man. I- I, Urban, you know me. I would never put on a cape for Urban Meyer, but I'm praying to God that that was a joke and that they took it out. <laughs> and like, listen, I, I admittedly, I'm not the best when you're just showing me photos of NFL players of immediate being like, oh, that's him. Yeah. That's him. That's that guy. That's that guy. I don't play a lot of fantasy football because I've got adult ADD. Like, I just can't do it. But I know who 99 and blue is. Yeah. All right. And the most casual <laughs> of casual football fans know who Aaron Donald is. Like, that, of the red flags, that's like the biggest red flag. That's a flag that you are you are running up one of those massive car dealership flagpoles yeah. by the turnpike. Like, that's a red, red flag right there. Yeah, and the, and the worst part about it is that the Rams ended up destroying them like 37-7. I was, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. He, it turned out he was a problem for yeah, because yeah. it was 37-7. to seven. Yeah. yeah, it turns out that uh, the 99 guy on the Rams indeed – a big problem for the Jaguars. Urban Meyer, the prophet. Yeah. He, <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I'll give Urban credit. 
He listened. He yeah. listened to people who told him, hey, that 99 guy might be an issue. Yeah, his name's Aaron. Urban. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people call him AD, but he's, he's Aaron. He's yeah. a cuddly guy, but he might be a problem he for you. Be. Not long after veteran receiver John Brown signed with the Jaguars as a free agent, he ran the wrong route in practice. To correct the mistake, Brown, who is from Florida, and rookie quarterback Trevor Lawrence ran through the route again after practice. Meyer walked up to the pair. Quote, hey, Trevor, you've got to slow it down for him, Meyer said, according to sources. These boys from the South, their transcripts ain't right. That ain't. even mean. So... I was hope. Like, is he stupid. Saying, is he saying he's stupid like his grade transcripts yeah. ain't right? Yeah, like he's got to be referencing college, right? Yeah. Because other than that, it makes no sense. He's absolutely referencing I mean, it's college. definitely, again, racist. Yeah, and also, let's not forget these boys from yeah. the South. Yeah, like, boys, when yeah. you're calling a, a grown black man a boy, yeah. uh, it usually doesn't, you know, that's not a, that's Their not a good start. Their transcripts ain't right. Yeah. Like, that's just, that's dumb. And I, I, even if Urban Meyer is trying to be giggle, giggle, ha-ha funny there, be one of the boys. Yeah, that's weak. That's weak and doesn't make any sense, and it's not funny, and it's racist. I wish John Brown would have open hand slapped him at right there. <laughs> hey, Urban! <laughs> like Urban. a nice what? That deserved a nice open hand slap. Yeah. Not a punch, an open hand slap. Instead, you got a probably a nervous young Trevor Lawrence who probably had to laugh a little extra hard because that's yeah, his head that's coach. That's the awkward thing. Yeah. Well, someone should have come up and open hand slapped Urban after he kicked the kicker. That too. Yeah. Uh, another time during a meeting that also included members of the coaching and personnel staffs. Meyer berated a player so harshly that the player cried. According to two sources, Meyer slammed the door after departing the meeting, leaving others to console the player. The next day, one of the staff members present confronted Meyer about the incident in what one source described as a tense exchange. Sources said Meyer repeatedly belittled his staff to its members' faces. He told his assistants he was a winner and they were losers, then demanded they defend their resumes. One player said it was coaches often looked drained whenever they left Meyer, uh, meetings with Meyer. Quote, the players got it bad when it came to him talking to us, but I believe the coaches got it worse. It makes sense now why he wanted to hire that guy from Iowa, that, that uh, the weight the weight guy, the strength yeah. and conditioning guy. Yeah. He's like, I need another guy like me in here. I, I, you know, a, a coach like that, a person like that, yeah. who says, I'm better than you, I'm a winner, and you need to prove to me why you should be here. Isn't that just insecure behavior? I mean, it is narcissistic to an, an extent, but you're compensating for something, yeah. right? Like Normal people don't do that. For being a piece of crap. I mean, that's part of it. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean, definitely. Definitely a piece of <laughs> compensating crap. Compensating for that. Now, this <laughs> is, you know what, let's, let's take a break because this is really the exclamation point of this entire thing. You see the type of human being Urban Meyer is, like, forget master motivator, forget national championship winning coach, a success, the type of person, why people bag on Urban Meyer, why people try and crush Urban Meyer at all turns, the type of person he is really shines brightly with what I will read from this athletic article about Urban Meyer when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. Hour 2 on the way. We'll be live on ESPN 106.3.